Welcome to to the Gorgeous gorgeous Lunch, a podcast where we talk about the food people are talking about. I'm your host, Lyndon. And I'm your other host, Louise. Join us every episode as we discover the ultimate restaurant for experiencing each month's featured spice, sample the food, and pester the chef for tips to make your kitchen more thrilling. Well, howdy, everyone. Howdy. And thanks for joining us for the Lone Star's Leap edition. Hold on to your hats. We've got a great episode for you today. Okay. I think that's enough of the cowboy talk. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> this month, members of the Gorgeous Spice Club received smoked paprika and Lone Star's Leap, our smoky, spicy barbecue blend. So we went in search of the best barbecue joints in Toronto, and it turns out there's quite a few. We chose Leslieville Pumps, located at Queen and Carlisle. This is a totally Canadian version of cowboy. The pumps, as those in the know call it, combines a Northern Ontario truck stop vibe with an old town general store and serves some of the meanest barbecue in the city. Their southern beef brisket, which some say is the best in Toronto, is smoked for 14 hours using a mix of chicory and cherry wood. Completely melts in your mouth. Listen in as we talk to Judson Plum, one of the owners of Leslieville Pumps. So here's something I found out that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Not in a good way, though. Did, do you realize that 60% of the food produced in Canada each year is wasted? Wait, and- that, that's, that's staggering. Unbelievable, right? Yep. Half of it is edible food that could be redirected to support people in our communities. Well, that is exactly what the Leftover Foundation, based in Calgary and Edmonton, does. By the way, what a great name. Talk about hitting it on the head. Uh, so the, the Leftovers Foundation picks up donations, mainly vegetables, fruit, and perishables, and repurposes them into meals for the needy. It has over 800 volunteers and picks up from 80 donor organizations. To date, it has collected over, hang on, 380,000 pounds of food. That's a lot of food. That's food that is kept out of landfills and redirected to service agencies and then put into the hands and mouths of those who need it most. Isn't that amazing? Like when you picture that much food, you can find out more about the Leftovers Foundation at their website, rescuefood.ca. a cult favorite at the corner of Queen and Carla. We are so lucky to be here today with Judd Flom, one of the two brothers who owns the Leslieville Pumps. Hi, Judd. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you for meeting with us. Okay, full disclosure, we have trapped Judd here. (laughs) We sprang a surprise on him, and he has been so gracious as to accommodate and talk to us, so thank you very much. Yeah, that's awesome. Totally appreciate it. 
you guys are hard workers. I can tell that. So uh, when you got a job that you want to get done, you, you get on it. And I commend that. And that's actually why I'm sitting here today. I really, people who really go after what they want, I, uh, I have respect for them. So good for you guys. Thank you. I figure it's just, you You figured out that it's the only way you can get us out of here. No, you know, listen, we're open 24 hours here. We love having people here all the time. That's no, I never want to get anybody out. I always love when people come in. That's, that's the whole point of the business. But uh, uh, no, it's it's fine to do this with you guys today, and I'm uh, obviously looking forward to it now. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah. So, tell us the backstory. I um, know it was back in 2011 or 2012. Yeah, 2011, yeah, 2011. So what yeah. possessed you to um, create this oasis in the middle of the city? It, it, there's a there's a long story, and there's like the sort of short story. I'd always loved cooking. My mother's a fantastic cook. My family owned restaurants growing up. Did you grow up in Toronto? Or, I did grow up in uh, Toronto, yeah. and I always loved being part of the restaurant part of it, but my parents weren't hands-on, and it was their partners, so their partners sort of got me excited about being part of that and it was my first job as well and I liked that when I you know went to work I could learn something and I thought that was really awesome but my parents did not want me to be a cook or a chef by any means so I went to university and yeah. uh, did that and uh, so did my brother as well um, but I still had that passion for cooking and I really really wanted to do something with it so um, I worked uh, decided to go to chef school yeah where did you go I went to George Brown just in the city yep, here and great. uh had a great experience there, really good chefs. Just it's a, a great phenomenal experience. school. Yeah, if you're, if you're very passionate about cooking, it's a great space for it because they just they take your passion and they help you really expand that passion and give you some realizations about the, uh, the industry itself. But I knew from business that hands-on experience is really the best type of experience. So while I was going to George Brown, I was also working for the Oliver Bonaccini Group. and they really, Nice place to start. Yeah, it was really <laughs> a great place to start for me because they also are very passionate about their work and everybody that works there really wants to be there and they foster that really well. So I learned a lot from the OB group, probably just as much as I did at school at the same time. And then Great combo. Yeah, it was a great <laughs> combo and I had some really good chefs above me that really cared about the food that we every single plate and that's wow. what I loved. Having that passion and people respecting that passion. Um, when they're eating it. So that was that was awesome. But I wanted to do my own thing, having a business degree. And I was trying to open up another place in the city, and I didn't like the landlord and the leases, and that's a sort of a typical thing in Toronto. Even back in 2011, yeah. it still is today. It hasn't changed. We're hearing yeah, that. Yeah, it still hasn't changed. So I just wasn't happy with what was going on, and I was actually getting my car fixed next door. And the guy who was fixing my car was joking about me taking over the country style yeah. that used to be here. Which That's was like the wild. first country style ever in Toronto. That's yeah. fantastic. But uh, I've been coming here my whole life, and I knew the owner of the country style, and I always came and got coffees and talked with them. And he then also brought it up to me, well, why don't you buy this place if you're trying so hard to get a restaurant going? And I had no idea that I wanted to be part of a gas station, let alone uh, <laughs> serving food at a, yeah, out of a country style. Not to say country style is bad, I don't want to put them down. It just wasn't the type of food that I was doing or I was interested in. Um, so I sort of dismissed it. And uh, that night I went home and I was, uh, I had a small smoker that I had made up in uh, northern Ontario for me. And uh, I used to do it when I did long shifts. I used to use it a lot when I was doing long shifts for others, some other restaurants that I worked for. And so I'd pop something in my smoker for 12 hours and then come back and 
you know, hopefully it worked out and hopefully it didn't. Right? So I, I was just playing it as a side. You were experimenting. Yeah, just Sorry. experimenting. Yeah, just experimenting, <laughs> just trying to figure out, you know, how to do good ribs and how to do briskets and stuff like that. Because it takes a long time to learn how to do it properly and based off of the smoker that you had. Anyway, so that night I was doing, I think I was doing a brisket and I was looking up different uh, recipes and time length and temperatures and stuff like that. And I came upon a place just randomly I wasn't even interested in called Oklahoma Joe's, which I found out was like the top barbecue in North America. They had the best ratings throughout the states and uh, so I did even more research in it and it just so happens that they were also in a gas station uh, so I had my oh serendipity uh, yeah, my, what? exactly I had that serendipitous <laughs> moment and that epiphany and I was like hmm right maybe I could get better at, at, at barbecue maybe I could do this myself and I was such a slump that maybe this could work for me right so came back the next day talked to the owner where, where was he at it was the first franchise he had never put any money into it. This was quite a derelict-looking sort of gas station. Yeah. Lots of duct tape. Lots of duct tape. Let's put it that way. <laughs> the neighborhood wasn't gentrified. It was very a rough neighborhood, and it wasn't quite there yet, right? So yep. I had to sort of have that vision, but I got excited about it. I talked to my brother who was out in British Columbia at the time, and he thought it was a really good idea. So he flew home. You must be a really good salesperson to sell that. <laughs> it took a little while. It definitely took some sales. But he had, my brother's a little bit younger than me, so he had just graduated. So he was also looking to do something himself. My parents were very entrepreneurial, pushed that towards us, and that that's what we should try to do if we can. So it just sort of came together and took over the gas station and tried to just learn how to operate it for a month or two and then uh, put in a full kitchen, obviously no longer country style, renovated the whole thing with my mom's really good interior decorator so she helped us out with that and then sort of the rest is history now as we go forward with the trials of running a 24-hour <laughs> gas station with wow. barbecue in it which is very unique to the city right well yeah, yeah what it's also unique yeah. is that here you are nine years into yeah. the restaurant and in toronto yeah. that, that makes you a granddaddy like yeah that, for, that's for restaurants it definitely makes us more of the granddaddy <laughs> style yeah because you know there's the turnover rates like three years sometimes right so it's very hard to succeed in this industry and that's sort of what made it a great thing for us with the gas with the 24 hours and then create a really strong neighborhood feel which we've done which a lot of people have seen up in northern ontario that truck stops yeah. or they just have one store in the whole town and it does everything <laughs> yeah it's the gas station it's the <laughs> restaurant it's all that i mean brother it's had that growing up as well up north so we had a little bit of taste of that we figure a lot of people from toronto know it but yep. they don't have it every day but they make sure it's you know it's a warm yep. feeling when they go into those types of places so we thought we created for leslieville and it's come a long way since then, yeah. Where's your cottage up north? Uh, we're in the Halliburton area. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was just, you know, couple, seeing a couple yeah. of those as we're driving up there over the years. <laughs> stuff like that. So we, were, we understood the idea and we figured a lot of uh, people from Toronto also understood that deal. That, you know, especially yeah. the ones that go to Muskoka and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. They get it. So to see it in downtown Toronto, as crazy as it sounds when we first started, and, you know, a lot of my chef buddies looked at, you know, looked at me like I had three eyes. We're going to try to do good food in a gas station because everybody's connotation with gas station food in Canada is a big box brand name that's you know out of a package in the right. back that got nuked in a microwave right yes. like that's, or stale sandwiches yeah or something it's just it's usually like I said it's pretty negative so yeah. we knew that we're fighting that really hard so when we started you know we had a huge rooftop garden when we started unfortunately we don't have it anymore today but uh, again another wonderful landlord situation oh, that everybody yeah. has in the city but but we, we really showed the passion to our entire community here and so we love showing everybody our garden that we were you know, using our kitchen 
kitchen and we were growing herbs and stuff like that as best we could. Uh, so now we've sort of toned it down a little bit when it comes to that kind of stuff, but we've made it up for in other areas, which we're really proud of. So, you know, focusing on, actually right now we've focused really hard on being the best poutine in, in Toronto. And, <laughs> and we've accomplished, and we've accomplished that. So we, we look at everything that we do here and sometimes it's not about changing, it's about really focusing on making it, a, I shouldn't say changing it, but making it better than it already is, right? And that's how I like to sort of approach it, make it better. Not so much change it, but make it better. Yeah. Maybe that's uh, whatever input that we decide to use. Right? And I know you're still really, really dedicated to sourcing local yep. fruits and vegetables we and definitely when are. you can. And, oh, definitely, yeah. We're and very, meats, too? Yeah, uh, all our, most of our produce, pretty much all of it, comes from St. Lawrence Markets. Guys down at Phil's Place there, we love them. <laughs> They're really, really good about uh, delivering to us as well as small and large deliveries. Yeah. They treat us definitely different than most customers, and it's probably because we've been using them for, you know, nine years now. So we have a great, great rapport with them. And then same with some of our bakers as well. So we use a bigger one, which is Ace Bakery, everybody yeah. So we also use Bakery World, so we use some different uh, oh, smaller neat. bakeries as well to sort of mix it all together. We make some of our own bakers. We want to do everything well, but that's not possible. I've learned that. Absolutely. So you just focus on a couple things and try to do them really, really well, and that's what we've learned now doing business for 11 years and being part of this industry. Well, it seems to me that you're hitting it out of the park with your poutine, yeah. your brisket, yeah. your chili. What else is popular on the um, Yeah. Pork, right? Our pork is really big. Mm-hmm. Our probably second biggest seller is our uh, oak smoked turkey club Um, and that's we just use uh, turkey breast only we smoke it ourselves we also use bacon and we make the bacon from scratch so we cure for 28 days in house and then we uh, smoke it as well and then we do a nice thick cut on that one right so if you're talking about spice that sort of flows in to the you know we use a very strong salt to uh, take the moisture out of the bacon there and then we use uh, other things to sort of sweeten it and then when Mm -hmm. we smoke it we use maple syrup and we're just basting it with some maple syrup where like is that. your smoker? Is it on premise? It is on premise. It's just in, in the back here. It has to be very far away from the pumps. Right. Because, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so we can't have an open flame or anything like that. So we, uh, we have a very custom smoker to us that we got made down actually in Oklahoma and then brought it up here oh, for us. Brilliant. So yeah, we have a custom smoker which takes you, takes the craziness out of uh, sort of homemade smokers that I yeah. was using before. <laughs> yeah. And keeps it a little bit more stable for us and uh, allows me to teach other people how to use it as well, which is great. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I have to ask, because this is a burning question. Where did this love of barbecue come from? Like, I know you've been passionate, but tell me how you got there. It's not a usual thing for, you know... A well, guy growing up in Toronto, probably yeah. playing hockey. and Yeah, I definitely had oh, that yeah, type it's, of... It's uh, yeah. a particular style, yeah. too. It's like a southern barbecue. Correct? Yes, we did southern southern style because, well, I should say, it's it, it more got focused actually from my brother than it did even for me. So my brother, uh, in his fun times of life, decided <laughs> he was going to be a, uh, get really good at kiteboarding. And he actually oh. did a massive barbecue tour. <laughs> Uh, trying to find kiteboarding beaches all through the southern states of America. You guys are hysterical. So he's done from New Orleans to Texas to you name it, right? So he's done it all. He's got a very good palate. We call him our chief tasting officer here, right? (laughs) So as much as my palate's good, my brother might not be able to cook very well, but he eats out a lot. And he knows good food when he tastes it because he eats so much different food from all over the place. So he was a good judgment of, hey, I think this is where we should focus. And then I would uh, talk to him about what I think the palates of Torontonians are. So our barbecue is actually a mix between that St. Louis tangy and deep smoke Texas. And we've sort of done a hybrid of the two to what I think Torontonians want because Torontonians really love good sauces. So it's about making it taste 
really good and it's not so much about indicative of exactly where right. you're yep. trying to replicate it's sort of this is now going to be our version of Toronto barbecue take what we know is good and then mix it together what we thought was the right taste and flavor it's still a little bit more heavier on the Texas side because I love playing with smoke yeah uh, and spices <laughs> in that sense that's sort of where we we landed when it came to barbecue is more of him and his serious love yep. for it and then my ability as, as a chef to go in that that direction but growing up like you know, you're at the cottage, and everyone's always barbecuing. I'm, right. I'm a man that loves meat, right? Like yeah. most men, uh, love love cooking steaks, love yeah. beef ribs. That's why I've always had a passion. My mom was always good at doing beef ribs, and so I just always wanted to get better and better at them because I loved the look on my dad's face when I ate them. I just loved it. It was just something in friends when they were That's eating. That's so great. I just I, I I got that same love from my mom when watching your family eat. And it's still with me today. It doesn't change. I still am so proud of our food that we do here for nine years. And in, and I and I believe people really can taste that kind of love. And I tell all, always my chefs that, like, I know it sounds a little extreme and a little drastic when I say this, but if you're not going to serve it to your dying grandmother, then you're not serving it here. Okay? And <laughs> I know that sounds amazing. a very extreme way of looking oh, at it, but no, it really? seems to stick in people's mind when I, at least the yeah. cooks that I work with, it sticks in their mind on what our... Our standard. our standard has to be because yeah. we are a gas station and people are going to walk in here and probably think that we do bad food because <laughs> it's that's what every other gas station does it's yeah. just a you right. know microwaveable thing and and that's that so we have to very much work every day about that uh, stigma what gas station food is about right well you certainly overcome yeah. it I'm yeah. I'm curious yeah. how does this you know Toronto's version of the barbecue translate yeah. to spices. What does that mean? When yes. You're about so spices? again, we will go back that the tangy, the sweet. Yeah. Uh, using your palate to taste the the bold and the, the smoke. You know, people people in Toronto they've all they've all put a you know a marshmallow over a fire. Yeah. Right. And they've all they've all roasted one and it's turned black. And turned yeah. So I didn't. Yeah. Everybody knows what it's like to possibly lick a burnt log. Yeah. And I didn't want to go down that road. Right. I didn't. I, you want to. That was a good call, yeah, right? And, and and not to say that some people barbecue is like that, but you can over smoke something. It's yep. possible, and you can over season stuff. So I wanted to try to find a hybrid to that that people knew that we were doing barbecue, but it's not smacking you in the face, right. and it's almost like you know you walk out of there and you smell like a campfire. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I didn't want to go to that extreme where, and some people really love that about rib, but the way we did it, we wanted to do uh, something that people could take back to work or take home yeah, and right. not be overpowered with all the flavors and smells that come from what we're doing in our kitchen right so what spices do you gravitate to yeah well like I, I mean i quickly grabbed some of our recipes in the back can't remember every single one that goes in fair enough thank you'll, goodness you'll Me see too. like you know <laughs> i've got two four six eight ten fourteen about sixteen different spices that go just in our beef brisket rub right which uh, they all come together to create the flavor that we want now, when you're doing certain types of meat, you want certain flavors to really come out, or there's certain styles. So the style that we look at when we're coming at, um, we want to create a bark on the outside of our sm- on our briskets and our, huh. uh, of course, our, our pulled pork. Our what pork a great butts, way right? of describing it, a bark. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what yeah. people call it, the yeah. bark, okay. right? And that sort of will flow. That's why I figure it'll, it's a good way to flow into what spices work with here. So 
Um, we want to see it, I know it sounds odd, but we want to see it almost all black when it comes out. Yeah. Now when it goes in, it's going in this beautiful orange red when it goes in there with all the spices. And then create that that crust that we do is we're using sugar. Yep. Right? Sugar will be a big part. That brown sugar will caramelize on the outside. And then, and then what we want to do is lock in the juice as well as having it flavorful from the outside yep. at the same time. And hopefully that rub will seep into the brisket, right? As well with the smoke. So you're trying to not... You don't want to do too much of one thing or it'll stop the smoke coming in for the brisket. Oh, or if you yeah, get too balance, much smoke yeah. and less less of the flavor, right? So uh, not less flavor, less of the spice flavor that we're looking for. So there's a balance and it takes just literally time knowing your own smoker and how what you like and what you want or what you think will work on top of what you're doing, right? Yeah, so right. it's thinking about the meal from top to bottom. Hey, we've decided we're going to use barbecue sauce on ours, so um, how much is the spice really going to come out? Right. Are we going to be actually tasting more of the spices in the barbecue sauce than yep. we will actually in the brisket, right? So we try to make sure that the spices in the brisket are matching what is going to be possibly in the barbecue sauce and then work them together so that they, they come together all at once and, you know, like a symphony in somebody's <laughs> mouth, right? That, so they understand that our goal Soon is... you're going to have to stop because I'm getting way, way too hungry, but go on. Yeah, yeah, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, so like uh, as we're looking through here, you can see we use salt, we're using brown sugar, garlic, onion powder, uh, Spanish paprika, which is a little bit different than yeah. your regular paprika. The uh, smoked but, Spanish? Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's more yeah. smoky, but yeah. you can see that we split it up into two, t- two different types of paprika. So we have our regular and our Spanish. Because I th- was finding, it, again, I don't want to have that flavor of licking a log. Right. I don't want it too smoky. Yeah. But I want to know that I smoked it. The chili powder with a tiny bit of heat, the celery salt, which is very common. Same with the lemon pepper. You'll see that in a lot of them. The ground black pepper. And then a cayenne for a little bit of heat, oregano, which is like another standard thing that you'll put in there. Again, the oils come out of the oregano. That's a big part of thinking about spices. So we're using, when we use that, our two cups of oregano, we're actually using fresh. We're not using dried. Okay. Because um, I want that oil to come yep. out. And then the dry mustard, another mustard and barbecue. They go together hand in hand. It's just sort of how much you're going to... Yep. Yeah. yeah. Pull the, that the, Yeah, the mustard yep. and the... the Vinegar, those are the two things that give you that wonderful tang. So, wow. so this is just talking about what we do in the rub. And then, of course, there's a different rub for our chicken, uh, which is completely different. This rub that I used from our chicken was, I learned from my head chef over, I used to work for Pussateri's Fine Foods. Oh, yeah. And my head chef there really loved barbecue as well. And his barbecue was, that's oh. where I really loved making beef ribs, actually. Like, I learned how to dial them in and Ugh. how they did them at Pussateri's. And they didn't do anything complicated. It was just salt and pepper. But it, I learned about their timing and the sauce and the importance of how and when it w- would go on and how to finish it properly to get that glaze and everything like that. So that 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 was my first real, like, I really want to get good at this. Like, I really like eating this, so yeah. I really want to get really good at it. And everything I've done with bones and meat has always been in an oven, and it's never been in a, a real smoker. So that's right, really when I started working for Pussateries is when I started getting my really, I want to learn how to do this and I want to, because it takes so long, I can leave it at home and go to work and come back because it takes so long. So, um, and of course, if you want to create flavor, you've got to use many different things, right? Yeah. Including yeah. The spices. But yeah, like uh, the, the one spice that I find in our chicken rub is actually rosemary. So rosemary is a spice that people, in my opinion, use too much of, mm-hmm. and and then it takes over all anything else that you're doing, and you won't taste anything else. Now it's beautiful when you drop it in a little oil, and the, yeah. the smell comes out, and it reminds you of 
maybe a turkey dinner or something like that, right? <laughs> or with the tarragon or something like that. I just I just love that smell, but I didn't want to have it all you're eating, right? right. So our chicken rub here, uh, you'll see as we have it separate with the rosemary because I'm having, we make the rub first and then we add in just a little bit as we taste it. We, th- we have a certain amount yep. that we think should be right, but... Yeah, it's there, just, there, yeah, there's different strengths of rosemary depending on where it come from. And yeah, exactly. Wherever so. that rosemary came from, it might have, it might not have been dried as much. Either way, so we're very delicate with that. And then we actually use some of our chicken rub in one of our other things, which is our barbecue corn salad. Um, so we're using half of our rub in another in a salad, other than not just on meat, right? Which I know. Oh, that's um, a compliment. Great. Yeah, and that's, that's and that, I just wanted to tie it in with the sauce. So when you're doing barbecue, you you do want to tie everything together, not just the rub's going to be completely separate from right. my mop. When I say mop, yeah, uh, Some people like to put sauce, yeah, yeah a more vinegar-based mop on it to keep the moisture going, but they don't want to have the caramelized happen, so they stay away from any sugars in that. And then you have your barbecue sauce, so you have. Separate. Right. Sort of separately. Right. Yeah. Some people put it all together. It's all matters on what type of meat that you're cooking and uh, what kind of, you know, I'm going to go back, what kind of bark you want on the outside because right. the bark is yeah. the best part. <laughs> and that's what they say about the brisket. You you only give the tips to your best friend. <laughs> um, which then, I'm uh, hoping we're best friends. Yeah, so, I, so th- that was sort of a thing that I learned about barbecue in the South. That you, you give the brisket tips the uh, to your best friends and then the rest of it goes to everybody else. <laughs> Except we like to make... <clears throat> those tips all the time because we love every customer that we have coming through here <laughs> so there's a way to do that actually by separating the the brisket from the top and the bottom and then re-continuing to smoke the, the the top part and then we actually do it all across the board to make our brisket sandwich here so we actually it's more of a it's considered wow. burnt a burnt ends style is what we wanted to actually accomplish here so that everybody knew that we love it Right, so make burnt ends are what you give to, like I said, your best friend. So I wanted to give it to everybody. The way we do our barbecue here is more of the whole brisket will be, if we can accomplish it, which I feel like we have, a burnt end sandwich for everyone. Right? Awesome! What a great story. This is unbelievable. Thin sliced uh, that usually other barbecue places do. We wanted to go that thick uh, Texas style. You know, we're a little bit different with some sauce on it because Trontonians. They love their sauces. <laughs> and they oh, love yeah. good, but they only love good sauces. They don't yeah. like bad ones. Flavor when it comes to sauces, you can see we have a whole board made up of our homemade sauces that we do here. Yeah. Um, everything from our uh, Caesar salad to uh, our avocado sauce to our Creole. Our Creole sauce is a big, uh, big hit okay. here, yeah. uh, which goes with our corn fritters. It's a Louisiana style sauce, yeah. but I took their. So, Creole, if you know what it's about, it's actually it's a red sauce meant for fish. And it's a base that they use a lot in New Orleans and stuff like that. Um, But I took those spices and I decided to do my own version of it, but more on a sauce style. Because it's not Ah, supposed to be a sauce. Really, it's it's supposed supposed to be just to be a base for fish. But I decided to take those, that heat that they were using, those spices that were using it, and and turn it into a more herbaceous sauce that would look really nice. This whole barbecue menu that we're doing, or I'm taking bits and parts of southern barbecue completely and trying to make it our own. And... I'm gonna say it's. I'm from Toronto, so I'm gonna say it's our Toronto barbecue, it's right? Because I'm from Toronto. Wow. Yeah. That's is what a person from Toronto feels like it should be like. <laughs> and I know there's other barbecue places that'll probably say differently, but that's their version of Toronto barbecue because it surely isn't the exact version of what you're gonna get right. in Texas because you're not in Texas right. and you're not getting the wood from Texas and you're not getting your spices <laughs> no. in Texas. You're getting them from places in Toronto. Yeah. And your Ontario, meat isn't no, coming so. from Texas, so exactly. that's gonna have a different flavor too. A hundred percent. And yeah. I and I know this because. I used to cook in France, and I tried to come back and do some of the dishes that I learned in France, and the radishes don't taste the same, and the 
the lettuce doesn't taste the same, and it's just you're just not getting the same thing. The so you have to adjust to what you're doing here, and and this is my version of adjusting. You can see the scribbles and old recipes, and yeah. uh, be gentle as though you're <laughs> screaming if you're too rough. Like look at this, maybe screaming if you're too rough, right? Like I, literally, it's written in there because we talk about it, and I talk to the guys about it. How important it is to love our food. I really believe that your love goes into food and people are like how is that possible well well, you're mad and you're working in a kitchen you're smashing your knife cutting lettuce and then that lettuce starts to bruise and then it turns brown and then you're serving brown lettuce to somebody 20 minutes after you just made something it's because you're mad and you're not happy right so your your anger actually went into the food so I believe that your love can do the same thing with the food so if you're happy to sit there and cut garlic you're going to sit it and do it nice and finely and you're not going to you're going to make it nice and tiny not (laughs) massive chunks that look like we're feeding elephants just, right? Wow. So that's, power of intention, you know, right? Yeah, power of intention. You just said that's the perfect word. power of intention. Yeah. I completely believe it. I've always felt that way when I'm cooking a dinner. As I'm preparing, I'm thinking about, oh my goodness, they're going to love this. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, just and to see I them eat it, right? That that's actually, that's, that's like 90% of it. A good mm-hmm. recipe and good intentions. Yeah, I, I believe in make, people's feelings are definitely an outcome of, of using spices and how you go about cooking with them. Yeah. So. Well, you can tell that your feelings and your brothers have infused this place because it is so warm and welcoming and it smells so darn good. <laughs> Thank you for saying so. Thank you. So, we always ask five questions okay. of all the chefs. Superman or Batman? Superman or Batman? Um, right now I'm going, my nephew really likes Batman and we have a little thing going on. So I'm going to say Batman right now. Okay. We're probably growing up Superman. But right now, today's Batman. Oh, today's, today's Batman. Today's Batman. Okay. I'm going Batman. You're, yeah. the, you're the first person that we've talked to who has had a change. Oh, wow. uh-huh. yeah, changes, so yeah. you can evolve. Yes, I can evolve. I like to I, think I can change as I get older. I think there that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, someone who sees the merit of both. Okay, <laughs> yeah. super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. We're going to strand you on a desert island. Mm-hmm. What one spice, other than salt, because you have an ocean of salt... Mm-hmm. Are you going to take... Next one would be pepper, right? Salt and pepper <laughs> are the, the basis of any cooking yeah. and seasoning. So you have to do salt and pepper what right off the bat. kind of pepper? I'd like it. That's a very good question. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good way to look at it because I was like, right, you got Szechuan. Like, yeah. I always go peppercorns yeah. because then you can yeah. always yeah. go in whatever direction you want with that. But obviously, the Szechuan peppercorn is, you know, it's unique and, and yeah. expensive, but I don't think I could use that every day. So mm-hmm. I probably just have to say uh, black peppercorn. Um, like a telecherry? Yeah, probably that. Yeah. That'd be fine. I'd be okay with that. As long as it's not white pepper. I can't stand white pepper. Oh, <laughs> I hate white pepper. I don't taste like hay. Like, it has a f- serious <laughs> yeah. flavor to yeah. it, and it tastes like a hay or a barn to me, so I just, I don't love it. Interesting. Anyways, okay. just talking about pepper, I figure I'd Thank you. throw That's that good to spice know. in there, right? How about pink pepper? Well, that, that's the, the Szechuan yeah, 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 style, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, which is hot right. and has it has its purpose definitely, <laughs> yeah. um, and it's very expensive. You know, it's more yes, expensive, so I yes. like it. Um, but <laughs> I couldn't use that to... every day. No, so, no, yeah. no, you wouldn't. I know that's not in the most unique answer. Like, no, it's good. Like I, I think it's a unique. Grand totally. soup or and something I, like that, but no, no. and I think it's very true to barbecue. Yeah, pepper is such an important thing. Well, meat definitely meat, salt, and pepper. Every meat needs salt and pepper. So, what's your personal favorite comfort food? Yeah, beef ribs. I'm going to go back to my beef ribs. <laughs> I just, like, I love them so much. They're my, my, my like, dormant pork ribs are great, but there's something about when you, somebody really dials in beef ribs to, like, 
And they're so, and they look like a big monster, you know, like, yeah. you feel like you're a caveman. <laughs> yeah, like, Fred Flintstone. Yeah, you feel like Fred Flintstone, right? So there's just like this fun aspect to them, as well as it, once you get it perfectly where they're just about to come off the bone, and if you can get a bark on the outside, which you can because the beef ribs take longer, you can do them slower. Yeah. I'm going to go with beef ribs are my definitely comfort. For and food. what goes with the beef ribs? I'm eating them for lunch or dinner. That's the. It's your you know, comfort. Com- so when you yeah, so it's like comfort. comfort. It's just, you know, it's like four yeah. o'clock on a Sunday, <laughs> yeah. right? Four o'clock on a Sunday. I'd probably really like our barbecue corn salad that we make here. So we add a little bar- uh, pearls of barley with it as well, and it's got our chicken rub in it, and we have it. It's got a tang to it with that vinegar. So I feel like I get my tang from my barbecue corn salad, which I'd make at home. Yeah. And I like to do it on the full cob and then cut it off and do it that way so Beautiful. yeah i like my barbecue corn salad i'm gonna put that one in there oh Good. wow yeah very nice okay next scenario yep all of a sudden guests descend on your house mm-hmm. that <laughs> happens yeah <laughs> it happens what's your go-to entertaining dish i have a like um i got a couple smokers at home but i got like a it's like a form of a green egg so it's yep. a, you get to do a mix between right high heat uh, grilling and with smoke you can use the, the two together and if someone's just randomly showing up <laughs> I'd probably do like a, a quick barbecue chicken and I have a stand that you know it's called beer can right. chicken yeah, but yeah. Uh-huh. I don't I would never put, I, I'm Beautiful. not one to put a beer can actually into the chicken <laughs> I like to it's be better labels drink and yeah. dyes and stuff like that on cans I'm not yeah, huge exactly. about so I like to cook quite clean but you can I, I just do this beer can chicken that's just awesome and it doesn't take more than you know half an hour to do on wow. there and I can oh. just and I just base it actually uh, mixed between mostly just strong balsamic vinegar and a little bit of cayenne coriander and paprika just a little bit in there and I spray the bird with it and it just gets this uh, and I I fill the whole bottom with of the, the stand that I have with lemon and beer Yo. and it just steams it up through the middle and then the caramelizing from the balsamic on the outside. People always are like, everybody, the thing is, everybody can have roasted chicken. Yeah. But to do it properly, to actually do it well where it's juicy when it comes out and it's not overcooked and it's not undercooked, is I, I, it's not the easiest thing for people to do. You'd be surprised. So when people have a nice, just good piece of chicken sometimes and it's done quickly, they're very surprised. Well, that um, sounds amazing, that chicken. My gosh. It does. It does. <laughs> That's and my I quick agree. go-to. I agree. A really beautifully done chicken is, is a yeah, wonderful people, thing. Yeah, it is. And it's every. It's also it's a safe uh, food for most people. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like they all... Everybody likes chicken. Everyone, yeah. You know, it's, it's maybe not their number one, but it's never yeah. their bottom. Uh, absolutely. It's always that middle of the thing. And if somebody does it right, like really right, does it beautifully, oh. then, then it's oh, nice. Oh, there's nothing yeah. better. And yeah. usually, like, you know, a lot of people don't know how to truss a chicken. Yeah. So if I have somebody there, I'll quickly show them how to truss a chicken if I have a, oh. a, a friend or somebody there. Because like, it's a simple thing, but if nobody's ever showed you how to do it, then you right. don't really do it. Or you just wait until the butcher does yeah. it for you or, <laughs> right. or it comes right. that way. Yeah. So those are also, like, because I love, like I said, if somebody's going to call me, I want to cook and talk with them at the same time. Yeah. Or then it's just me working for them. And then it's like me being at the restaurant. Right. So I might as well just get the restaurant food <laughs> then for them, right? So I'll, I'll string them in oh. there and make them go get do stuff for me you know oh so great nice okay last question most memorable meal what comes to mind most memorable meal when it comes to spices barbecue what do we how do we your your most memorable meal however you want to define it um good or bad whatever yeah probably good is better yeah (laughs) let's go the good good there um and i don't want to put down michelin stars but i was in france one time and 
I, w- I had organized us to go to a Michelin star restaurant with my whole family. Yeah. And it was on, I remember, Thursday. And so we still had to figure out what to eat on a Wednesday, right? So uh, we went out to this random restaurant in, in a small town outside of St. Remy. Okay. It wasn't even in town. It was, like, between the two towns. <laughs> so we just sort of, like, randomly stopped in there. And they said, okay, it's prefixed, like... Like you'd see at a Michelin star, but this is what we're doing today. So I was, you know, I'm thinking, okay, whatever. It's probably going to be pretty good, but it won't be good as Thursday. This meal, like, (laughs) obviously I'm talking about it now. So I obviously went to the Michelin star, and I I thought it was an amazing meal. I was like, this is really exceptionally good. But maybe it's just me because I'm in France, and this is amazing and exciting, and we found this place randomly. I went to the Michelin star, and the whole family, including myself, was like, Last night's dinner was ten times better. Oh, like oh ten times better. And I know that Michelin star looks at it certain ways, and maybe the cutlery wasn't as nice as it was on <laughs> yeah. Thursday. But for me, flavor and presentation is a big thing, and the presentation on the plate was fantastic. This lady, I could see her. You could see her kitchen in the back and how she was going about it. And she was a little bit older, but it looks like she had been doing this since she was like ten years old. Wow. Amazing. The way she was doing it with such ease, her cuts, everything was just bang on and she was just you could see she had wasn't like she had been prepping for 10 hours before <laughs> this which for me as yeah. a chef was unbelievable right like what were so a time, couple of the dishes do you um, remember I remember we started off with a simple consomme and yeah. like no it's not fancy but everything was cut perfectly the consomme was, there was no oil on the top there was just the color everything for me was just like bang on I remember that I remember having duck confit with a I, th- I believe it was a cassis style sauce so it's like a currants, oh, red, yes. really strong. And usually sometimes people go more on the orangey side when it comes to duck. I like it more on that dark, deep, deeper red mm. cherry also. And, you know, she can feed that herself. So you know that wow. it had been sitting there. And she, that's probably why she was quick too because confit is not as crazy because you can do that long let it yep. sit. I also The other thing I remember is her bread and butter. So I know that sounds oh. odd, but the bread and butter for me is a big thing. I don't know we were talking about bread, yeah. but bread that good and, and just the butter being so creamy it was like the Normandy style butter that I remember from the north there that's almost cheesy like it's yeah. not even butter right like oh, you, could eat it, you could eat it by the, the spoonful so yeah wow. that's the best I can sort of remember when it comes to the meals right now just sort of more of a comparison than the best but right. yeah. I just remember this being unbelievable on the side of the road what a fun yeah. surprise yeah. right yeah it was yeah. a huge surprise maybe that's it that's what yeah. part of it you weren't Absolutely. expecting it and then it, it exceeds it so well talking not. about exceeding yeah. yes <laughs> exceeding is that's what Leslieville Pumps is about it, you think it's a gas station yep. it's an unbelievably great barbecue restaurant you'd be crazy not to rush to here <laughs> yep. and Jed, thank you. You no uh, you have just been fantastic, and thanks for squeezing us in. And you know, maybe you guys will send us one of your spices one day. I'd love to try them. Absolutely. Oh, it's a combination, right? Coming your way. Yeah. It's a combination Coming. of spices. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Thank you so much. You can find out more about this gorgeous lunch by going to our website, thegorgeous.co. That's also where you'll find out more about the Gorgeous Spice Club. And we really hope you'll sign up. In the meantime, send us your comments and suggestions at info at thegorgeous.co and follow us on Instagram. This has been a gorgeous production. Until next time, wishing wishing you a a gorgeous gorgeous day. day.